0: a number of years ago uh, I guess a great philosopher of the 20th century by the name of Tina Turner um, once asked the question what's love got to do with it that's a tricky song because every time I hear that it sticks in my mind so I, I hope that doesn't happen to you but it made it big and the answer to the question on the surface for the average Joe uh, the average Jane is not much love doesn't have much to do with what this world has to do with because if if you're just looking to get rich love doesn't have anything to do with that getting rich has to do with ambition and and being willing to do whatever greed would tell you to do. It doesn't have much with uh, seeking promotion, whether it's in a job or whether it's in society. L- love doesn't really impact that. It's just about being shrewd and having the right credentials and knowing the right people. Uh, love doesn't have much to do with it. It doesn't have much to do with the fact that if you're just looking to live, a safe and sheltered life where no harm or hurt can happen to you, yeah, love doesn't have anything to do with that. All you need for that is probably a bomb shelter and uh, rations to last you for the rest of your life. Love doesn't have anything to do with those kind of things. It doesn't have anything to do with the way this world thinks and moves and has its being. And yet, the reality is at its core in all things, love has to do with everything. Now, you can hold on to your seats because you might hear the building shake because you don't hear me say this too often. But Sigmund Freud was right, which just it sounds heretical to even say. But Freud, of all people, said, that love and hard work is what makes our humanness as he put it and he's right even though I don't think he understood what real love was about he kind of drifted pretty far off into some pretty strange places with that but the truth is the very core of our nature is about love we just run off to things we just run off to people to receive accolades to try to fill in us something that only love can fill you know we see a, a nice shiny car and we say oh you know I, I love this car <laughs> you know and, and, and I, I, I want that car I really I love, I love that car Now, how bizarre is that? You're going to love a car until it gets its first dent or ding. We're strange in this country when we use the word love. It's just kind of a bland word. We use it for all sorts of things. At least uh, the ancient Greeks, they had a sense of knowing that that love was bigger and broader when they spoke of uh, eros and agape, when they spoke of phileo and different types of love, they understood that love was broad and that love had special meanings to it. We've lost that, and yet it's what we've been called to within the body of Christ. It's what we've been called to as Believers. So when he asks the question, what has love got to do with it? It's got everything to do with it. It's got everything to do with being a believer in Christ. In fact, when you look at the Bible, there's what I call the three L's of the New Testament. Love, light, and life. When you look at John's gospel, it says, in the beginning was the word. And he goes on and, and talks about the word uh, as as light that came into the lives of pre- people to make them alive. In chapter 3, uh, John talks not only about l- life and light, but he goes on to talk about love and how that the whole purpose of Jesus' coming was based on the fact that God so loved the world. What does love have to do with it? It has everything love is what makes us real and it's what makes us whole i want to show you a clip i um i saw the other day that, that i just thought was great now let me just tee this up for a second uh, and some of you probably saw this clip uh, it's it's about a, a, a baby i probably looks about one years old paul collins could probably tell you better um <laughs> And the child just had uh, this severe uh, damage to its eyes, to its vision, couldn't see. And they made these special glasses so that for the first time this, this baby could see. And I want you to see the expression on, the, on this child's face when he sees his mother and father. Well, we got that up there? Hi, lovey. Honey, oh, sweetie. <gasps> Mom. I love you. Hi, oh, Hi no. sweet boy. <laughs> oh, my Hi, sweet boy. That's love. You see, this baby it couldn't see its parents, but but it had felt the expression of their love. And so now the the love becomes whole, and and that the child can now see the object of the love that it has received. Love's a powerful, powerful thing. That's why Jesus called us as people to be lovers. We we've started this series called "One Another." We talked about. Uh, being or 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 one another, being one we talked about reaching one we talked about bringing one bringing one to church reaching one for Christ being a believer this morning i want to talk about loving one because it's crucial to living out the gospel to making a difference in this world to growing the body of Christ to be a vital body as God has intended. I want to uh, share with you uh, a couple of scriptures this morning. The first one I'm going to look at is Galatians chapter 6. If you can just pop that up there. Look what we read. Paul says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to to the family of believers. Paul's saying this, whenever we have opportunity, we are to do good to all people. But then he goes on, he says, and especially to the family of believers. Paul is saying that there is a priority in the way that we love And that we are to love believers in a very special way. In fact, we are to love believers in a primary way. Why is that? Well, think back on uh, what we talked about a minute ago on the three L's. Light, love, life, and light. Here's a principle I want to share with you this morning. Why is it so important that we love believers above even the world around us? Because love brings light into community and shines light outside of it. Love brings life into community and it shines light outside of it. Think about it. What did Jesus do? The first thing he did when he began his ministry is he called together his disciples, the apostles, and he poured into them his love. And in doing so, he began to attract bigger and bigger crowds. Why? Because love. Pours in life into community. You can't have community without love. And in the process, it shines light into the outside world. Why should we love believers within the body of Christ when when we try to reach them and bring them in? Why is the next mandate to love them? One, because we're told that all of heaven rejoices when a sinner comes to Christ. Jesus said that in Luke chapter 15. All of heaven rejoices every time a sinner comes to Christ. If that's the case, how should our attitudes be? If all of heaven rejoices, then every time we should see one another, there should be a special joy. There should be the love of God in us that just breaks out in applause and and a great smile when we see another believer because all of heaven rejoices every time a sinner comes to Christ. Why do we love first within the body of Christ? Because it's what warms God's heart And and the truth is, it's a test, really, of our faith. If we look at believers and we don't feel any different about them than the average person walking down the street, there's something dead inside of us. Because we should be overjoyed to meet believers. We should feel a, a special connection to other believers. Because that's what God mandates Number two, because it's what new believers expect from us. I mean, think about it. We go out into the world and we share with them the love of Christ and how much God loves them and how God wants them to receive that love and and, and in one sense to enter into it like a marriage ceremony in baptism and becoming part of the fellowship of Christ. Well, if you're a new believer and, and God turns your heart and you enter into that new fellowship in Christ, what do you expect? You expect that the people are going to love one another, right? Not bite each other's heads off, not treat each other with contempt, not ignore each other. You expect that they're going to love one another. You see, every time someone walks in this door, for the first time, they should walk out this door in some way feeling that they've been loved, that people were happy to see them, and that they were willing to reach out to them. Because that's what, that's what love does. That's what love for believers should do. Number three, if we can't possibly love our oh, our own within the body of Christ, how in the world are we going to love people outside the body of Christ? I mean think about that. If I can't love you people, how can I love people outside of this church? And I've been given the mandate by God to love even my enemies. How can I do that? if I don't love my friends. Why is there a mandate to love within the body of Christ? Because if you can't do it within the body of Christ, you won't be able to do it anywhere. And not only that, but we need to love others in the community of faith because it gives us practice in learning how to love by people who will receive it from us. <clears throat> I mean, think about it. Some of the greatest efforts, hopefully, that you've extended have been to other believers who are in need, who needed help, who needed encouragement, who needed someone to talk to. It it broadens you. It grows you as a person when you love others. It makes you better. And let me tell you something. If you practice loving those within the body of Christ you will be eager to love those outside the body of Christ. And number five, our love for those within the community of Christ should cause the world to look at us and say, I want to be part of a community like that. I want to be part of a community where people actually care about each other. I, I, I remember a number of years ago, I was uh, doing uh, some work with uh, child and family services, <clears throat> and I remember sitting uh, in a meeting, in a staff meeting, and um, and they were talking about this one client who was kind of out there alone and didn't have a lot of support, and and they were saying, you know, what what support can we get for this person? And they were looking at all the different agencies, and no, she doesn't qualify for this, and doesn't qualify for that, and 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 they were saying, you know. It would just be nice if we could get people the services that they need. And I just, I had a big smile on my faith, face. And, and uh, one person said, Fred, why are you smiling so much? I said, I, I just was thinking about that. And, and that's what we do in the church we do what the world can't do. If we're doing what we're supposed to be doing right, we provide those services we're not just hit and miss one hour with a therapist and you're out the door, good luck, God bless you, on your own. We actually love and care for one another. Throughout the week, we care and love and support each other. It's a powerful thing. In fact, I want to just read some of these to you and I'll try not to go on ad nauseum with this. When we talk about this whole series of one another, I want to share with you, listen to all of the commands that we've been given and the way that we are to treat one another. Romans 15, 7, we're called to accept one another. Colossians 3, 16, we're called to admonish one another. Galatians 6, we're called to bear one another's burdens. Ephesians 4, we're called to bear with one another. Romans 14, we're called to build one another up. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're called to care for one another. 1 Thessalonians, we're called to comfort one another. James chapter 5, we're called confess our sins to one another. Romans chapter 12, we're called to be devoted to one another. Hebrews chapter 10, we're called to encourage one another. And again in Hebrews 10, we're called to fellowship with one another. Ephesians 4, we're called to forgive one another. Romans 16 we're called to greet one another. Colossians 3 we're called to be honest with one another. Romans 12 we're called to honor one another. 1 Peter chapter 4 we're called to be hospitable to one another. Ephesians 4 we're called to be kind to one another. Romans 13 we're called to love one another. Romans 12 we're called to be members of one another. James 5 we're called to pray for one another. Romans 15, we're called to be of the same mind with one another. Galatians 5, we're called to serve one another. In Hebrews 10, we're called to spur one another on to growth and good deeds. Do you see the picture, this whole one another stuff? When you enter into the body of Christ, you are supposed to be entering into a community of love where you are doing things for one another so that life comes to that community because love enters it. And if there's love in the community, then it will shine forth light outside of the community, which will be the light that draws people to Christ. How do we do that? I want to share just a couple of scriptures with you. First uh, Thessalonians chapter 2. Paul writes this. and, and, And listen to the words. Because we love you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. I want you to just hang on to that thought. We were willing to share our lives with you. We worked night and day in order not to be a burden to anyone while we preached the gospel of God to you. You are our witnesses and so is God of how holy, righteous, and blameless we were among you who believed. For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging comforting and urging you to live lives worthy of the gospel of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory so so what is Paul saying he's saying that we loved you so much that we gave to you in fact not only we gave but we sought not to be a burden we sought to pour life not to just take life And we did it by living special lives. How do you go about loving within the body of Christ? Because it's work. Think about the people you encounter in the body of Christ. You're going to encounter people who are slow. You're going to encounter people who are smart. You're going to encounter people who are stubborn. You're going to encounter people who are strong. You're going to encounter people that are strange. You're going to encounter people that struggle. You're going to need to know how to love. Very simply, we love by first being dependent upon God. That we seek the love of Christ within us so that we can give it to others. Why should you love somebody when they hurt you? Because that's what God would do. Why should you give to someone when you don't believe you have enough to give? Because God has promised you that the love you dole out, he will bless and multiply beyond what you can handle. He will meet your needs. In fact, generosity is probably one of the core elements of what it means to love. Because what are we told? For God so loved the world that he what? Gave. You can't love without giving. Being dependent upon God, we look to him to say, God, what would you do? It comes by being dependent. It comes by being willing to love totally. Remember what Paul said? I know how much you you love and I call you to do it more and more. Love is meant to be total. It's meant to be, I give everything I have. To love within the body of Christ means this, that I will leverage whatever I have to bless you in the way that God would have me to bless you. Now you say, uh, Pastor, look, I don't, I don't have much. And and, and I, I don't have a lot of time. That's okay. I, I love these words by Mother Teresa. If you can put them up. Um, about uh, loving in small things. Do you have that? Should be right at the bottom. Do small things with great love. You don't have to do big things. In fact, most time when people do big things, sometimes it's not with love, it's just for the sake of doing big things to impress. Loving people within the body of Christ means that we're willing to do small things but they're significant things because we're willing to care. Think about it. Now, men probably are different in this, but, well, we'll, we'll, let's go with women. If your husband goes out and spends a bunch of money on an expensive car for you, but doesn't tell you how much he loves you, and doesn't pour time into you does a car matter no and he might say and I hear this all the time husbands who will ignore their families and just work 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 and when their wives complain and they say to them look I'm doing this for the family and do you know what I hear No one asked you to do that. We just wanted time with you. We didn't need all this stuff. It's loving in the small things. Willing to leverage everything, but knowing whatever it means, it doesn't have to be big or small. It's just knowing what I have. Love is progressive we do it more and more and it grows here's the problem with the western mentality, we live with this kind of checkbook, uh, checklist idea right, went to church yep, checked my god box went to the gym, checked my healthy box went to work, bought my wife flowers, check, check, check check I'm good love isn't like that you do it more and more and more and you don't keep track of checking boxes. Because love is an expression that builds upon itself. Because think about how God loves you. He loves you what? Daily. When you see another person in the body of Christ, your love for them, it should be progressive it shouldn't be I just well I talked to her last week I don't have to talk to her again or I helped him once and I don't have to help him again it's progressive look at Ephesians 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and in fact you do love all of God's family throughout Macedonia yet we urge you brothers and sisters to do so more and more and to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life so you should mind your own business and work with your hands just as we told you so that your life may win the respect of outsiders so that you will not be dependent on anyone. Now, what is he? He's saying we should live quiet lives. When he's saying quiet, what are you saying this? He's not talking about being silent. He's saying that we should live lives within the body of Christ where we're we're helpful. We're not judgmental, where we're engaged, but we're not intrusive. Where we're willing to forgive and not hold grudges. Where we're willing to instruct, but not intimidate. When he talks about quiet, he isn't just talking about being silent. He's talking about living the kind of life that makes an impact but isn't loud so we hear our own voice or we see our own good deeds. And he says that we should work with our own hands so that we don't have to take from another person. Why? Because there's a sense of not only do I look to love in my attitude but in my actions I look to give more than I take. why does it matter that we love each other? Very simply. Because God called us to. Because we all need it. And because if we love each other well enough, we will bring life to this community. And if we do that, it will bring forth light outside of it. How you treat one another, how you care for a new person who walks in these doors, it's crucial. Think about yourselves when you walk in these doors. When someone smiles the minute they see you, When you miss a week and they say, boy, where were you last week? We missed you. And you know it's not because they're taking attendance, but they're sincere. Where else does that happen? I can't think of any other place where people want you just for you, not for what you can do for them. Where people love you because you love God. How powerful is that? I hope you all can look back and have memories in your own minds of ways in which people in the body of Christ loved you and served you and forgave you and cared for you. And I, I hope and pray that you will take that and you will pay it forward. That you will understand that everybody who walks in these doors present to you an opportunity to practice the love of Christ so that you can take that opportunity and grow And love the world around you. Because otherwise, we make no difference. If we can't love each other, if we can't be sensitive to each other, if we can't be willing to hear other voices except our own, if we can't be willing to just accept and not be quick to judge, if we can't be willing to forgive. If we can't be willing to get past the social hang-ups, or who, who are the important people or the pretty people or the people who can life will never come to the community it will never come to us but if we can life will fill this place it will fill our hearts and I promise you it will shine outside of this world. Let's join our hearts in prayer.